Hello and welcome to Running Records, the podcast dedicated to the joy of vinyl grooves and brown booze. I'm your host Craig Smith and I'm joined by my ever-present co-host Craig Templeton. On this week's show, the sun is shining, barbecues are plenty, the nights are long and the drinks are flowing. Craig picks seven of his favourite seven inches to soundtrack this wonderful time of year. We also put our taste buds to the test by sampling a selection of pre-mixed summer cocktails. All this and more coming up on Rum and Records. Hello, we are here again recording yet another podcast. I'm really delighted to be back and recording another pod with you, Craig. This is episode seven and the title of tonight's show, I'll let you do the, the honours. This is seven inches of summer. Seven inches of summer. We we know you, that you love your alliteration, so I thought I'd give you the <laughs> give you the honours to, to introduce that. But the theme then, Craig, so it's, it's kind of self-explanatory, but you might want to elaborate just a little bit on it. Aye, so taking it back to our first episode where I profess my love for seven inches and always collecting them, even if I have the album, I still want the seven inches of the singles as well. Um, with it being summer and maybe you want to be outside and you just want to have a little seven inches party. I thought I'd just pick my favourite seven inches for summer. So I'm going to pick all the songs and you are going to pick another one of our favourite things. It isn't shots, we're not doing no, shots. No, I'm definitely not doing shots. Summer shots aren't a good no, thing. No, absolutely not. But something else we talk a lot about on the show is our, our kind of love and appreciation of, of pre-mixed cocktails, uh, or pre-mixed drinks, but, but more specifically cocktails. And... Again, this time of year, you're outside, you might be in the park, maybe going for a picnic, you might be going to the beach. And what better to pop into the old uh, picking it basket <laughs> than uh, picking it basket, picking it basket, um, than uh, some of your favourite um, pre-mixed cocktails. So we're going to accompany each each track with a with a pre-mixed drink that I've selected, especially. <laughs> well, yeah, well, it says especially, just like um, our first episode seven sevens. These aren't linked. We're not no, going to no, try no. and tie them all together no, no. and say, well, actually, I picked this one because uh, no, it mentions no. the colour red. No, I might try. Nah, we'll get pretty, you should. Pretty I, I'd, I'd like to see you bullshitting it. <laughs> we definitely have already came up with an excuse for the first one. Well, well you did. You did that one, to be fair. Um, so, yes, we're going to listen to seven, summary seven inches, and we're going to slurp down some pre-mixed cans, and we might as well just get cracking. Because we have yeah. seven to cover, let's, and we have to talk about not only the drinks but also the music. Yeah, let's just let's just get going. So, Craig, first track. First you, track, you yeah. Selected. First track for me is one of the most summariest albums out there. It was introduced to me by J.C. Hamilton, who I know is a keen listener to the podcast. Just got married as well. Congratulations, J.C. Congratulations. Um, and this is an artist called Dent Me, and. Dent May first came onto the scene with his magnificent his magnificent <laughs> ukulele. Easy for you to say. <laughs> and the track is called Meet Me in the Garden. Now, Dent May, like I said, began with his whole shtick of having a ukulele, but has moved away from there now. Mm. He's became more of a kind of adult pop singer. But Aye. I thought I'd just discuss his beginnings, where he comes from, Aye. and then explain... Do where it. he's going I'm intrigued I, don't know. I, I know all the artists but I've, I've never like gone through his backstory or anything like that so cool so um, Dent May originally from Jackson Mississippi he's a southern boy 
Um, Y'all. Well, yeah, we'll get to that. He actually attended New York NYU uh-huh. film school and dropped out and moved back home. So he was he was this college town. He wasn't a college town boy. He went to be a big city boy. Yeah. Went to learn about film, but then discovered the music of um, Serge Gainsbourg and oh, you can definitely sort of hear those. Lee Hazelwood. I don't know. Are you are you listening to Lee Hazelwood much? Did a lot with Nancy Sinatra. Oh yeah. Aye. So um, he he discovered those guys, and despite this whole crooning within his song, mm. he still has that southern drawl and talks. Incredibly fast. You may think we talk fast. Does he talk really? I fast? watched some interviews just to kind of to get a feeling. I've always read his interviews and I've follow him on social media, but I've never really listened to him talk. And it's so quick, so quick, and sounds a bit like you know Adam Sandler and the Water Boy. Oh yeah, like it sounds just like that. <laughs> really, just like that. You and it's so strange because when he's crooning, yeah, he's got this very it's, it's really slow and deep, and it's maybe like that. Episode of Cracker where the guy couldn't speak right, but he sang beautifully. He episode was... of Cracker. <laughs> <laughs> right, is like that Robbie Coltrane? Robbie Coltrane is uh, a detective Cracker. I think they remade that in the states. Obviously, they must have. They did Coltrane when they been in it though. They wouldn't have tolerated him in the states. But um, aye, it was it was a pretty gruesome episode. But this guy couldn't. He had a really bad stutter, I think it was, but he could sing amazingly. So it's kind of a bit like that, but kind of not. So I wanted, to, I wanted to look into why he began this whole adventure with a ukulele. Um, and I found a, a, an interview. It's actually an interview I read when it first came out, but I, I revisited it. And it's, it's from a website called Weirdo Music Forever. And they're huge fans of, of people just like Dent May and like Ariel Pink and all these kind of weirdo mm. music, yeah. as they like to call themselves. And he said, I think I was a little too self-conscious about needing an angle or a gimmick during the ukulele era. So that people would notice me or write about me. So I concocted this whole Dent May and his magnificent ukulele persona. And as that was happening, and afterwards, the ukulele became this whole thing that's in toilet paper ad jingles and really bad major <laughs> label indie twee bands. Um, as, I would not, as I was touring the album, I quickly realised it was not for me. So yeah, he, he did this album. I absolutely adore it. But in a lot of his um, interviews, he even did like a Reddit Ask Me Anything and Aye. people were asking, rate your albums. And this is always his least favourite album. Because of the ukulele Because of the ukulele shtick. But really the songwriting's there. The the witty and wry lyrics are there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's quite surreal in some places. Yeah. And this track, Meet Me in the Garden, is so lovingly paced it's got that crooning vibe to it yeah there's some really nice falsettos um and the ukulele yeah it's definitely there oh, but aye. it's not just one guy in his ukulele no. he's not george formby cleaning windows <laughs> thankfully like, it's not that it's no. not like, ding, 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 ding. so um yeah this track is amazing i think we should listen to that and then i'm going to give you where he's went if that's yeah, okay let's do it um before you maybe just yeah press the the button on that. Um, oh yeah! I aye. think we should probably spark these cans because feeling a little bit, feeling a little bit parched here. <laughs> so the first one, um, we're going to start with a classic. It is a classic, and it is very much a. I'm going to. I can't call it a British classic. I have to really call it an English it classic. Is, Let's be is. honest. Absolutely. Um, I don't know anybody that drinks this up the road, really. No, no, absolutely not. We've obviously been down here too long, but um, <laughs> it is, of course. The English country garden favourite, garden party favourite, uh, which is Pims and Lemonade. So Pims is, a, I guess it's a kind of 
If you're not aware, you if you're maybe listening to this outside of a fruit cup, the United that's what they call it, isn't it? Ah, a fruit cup is a kind of bitter type taste to it. Um, you know, you get bitters that you put in drinks a wee bit like that, and they mix it with lashings of lemonade. lashings of fruit. You usually get big bits of strawberries and mint and cucumber and orange. It's know. a very refreshing drink. Um, it is generally when it's when it's um, produced correctly. It is. We've Do you got know lemonade? Do you know one thing I'm going to say though? Um, the only thing I hate about it when you get them done properly, even though they taste a lot better, is you always end up with little bits of fucking mint yes. you know, in your uh, teeth and all. It's bit, pretty nasty. It is, um, you're right. So this is the pre-mix versions. We've got none of that. Uh, but we do have a lot of the same flavours. And it is the official Pims. You know, it's not... It is the official brand Pims. So we're going to spark these open right now. Absolutely. I mean, the thing about this can is it holds a, a lot of memories Well, it for does. Me. Um, I have drank it on multiple occasions. I, it, it's a kind of go-to one when you're not wanting something as alcohol oh, heavy as others. Oh, um, but this this reminds me of the York races for Chris Hamley's Indeed. stag. Indeed. And I uh, I professed that Pims tasted like chicken pakora. Aye. And then and after that, everyone that tried it, they couldn't. That's all they could taste. It really does. It still tastes like chicken it pakora does. to me. I really want to make like a chicken pakora and put like a that, batter, like a batter. Oh yes, you know you get that um, tempura batter and you just uh-huh. put sparkling water uh-huh. in to keep that fluffiness. We put, should do that. Put that shit in it instead. Let's do that. Put Let's make test. that. Let's do a cooking episode and we'll make <laughs> Pim's pakora. Oh, ah, that is actually really tasty. It's delicious. It really is. They've they've done something well here. I know what you mean about the the bitter kind of element, but that's all away when you get the lemonade and then really. It's like a long vodka, but even fruitier. Definitely fruitier. That is a good thing about the pre-mix version because I always tend to put a wee bit too much in and it's a bit too strong. That's that's the perfect serve, so to speak. It really is, actually. And um, it's not offensive, it's not too strong. You definitely still feel, you still taste those fruity notes. Mm. So yeah, I really like this. This is a great can to start with. Right, but sorry, um, back back to the track. Um, we'll have a little listen to it and remind us what the name was called again, Craig. So this is Dent May and his magnificent ukulele and the track is called Meet Me in the Garden. The softest boy in Mississippi would like to know why you're so pretty. Is very summery. I absolutely adore that track. And again, thank you, JC, for introducing me to it. Now, I did say I was going to talk about where he moved on to, and and you and I were talking during that song, discussing that you've not really listened to this album, mm. but you've listened to his his latest album, which is Across the Multiverse. Yeah. And that's because I asked you to get me a copy from. Is it Vinyl Me Please? Vinyl Me Please, which is the music subscription record club essentially they send you an album every month but you get access to their members only store and you get these limited edition exclusives and i was i was amazed that he'd been picked up by something finally like please um to do something like that His, the album itself if you bought it from him came on like 
yellow vinyl, mm-hmm. which was cool enough. Yeah. But the the whole purple and yellow were the two colours that were predominantly on the, on on the, the cover. cover. That's right. And that's why I like it. Um, I'm not really a huge splatter vinyl fan. No. Um, we, but, well, we know you don't. <laughs> but when they make sense, when, when coloured vinyl is linked to the actual product itself, yeah, I like it. No, I think you're right there. So, I was going to tell you when I... Um, Dentmay went. He's obviously sat, he's moved away from the ukulele, he's mm-hmm. found synthesizers and making kind of, not yacht rock, but smooth, smooth kind of popist sort of stuff. I only discovered this last night. Something tells me I already knew this. <laughs> but, Dentmay um, won an award. Okay, now that doesn't sound that exciting. But Dentmay won the Huan Ding Awards in Shanghai, China. He got flown over to Shanghai, China and him and his band were awarded the best international band fucking hell so other people other people in the categories was like Foo Fighters (laughs) um, Maroon 5 like these huge bands and for some reason they were like nah Dent May wins this that's that's fantastic so nobody really knew about it so Dent May got a recording of their live performance at at this um, awards ceremony I love that though and uh, here I'll I'll show you that is this the video of it aye In, the, in one of the interviews I think it was still the Ask Me Anything um, he says I'm still not even sure how that happened but somehow I was booked to perform on this nationally televised award show in Shanghai and they gave us the award they were against Maroon 5 Foo Fighters and Coldplay fucking hell <laughs> but while they were there they got to hang out with Carly Rae Jepsen fucking hell uh, call me maybe and Adam Lambert you know the guy that sings with Queen these days oh he was like he won like Pop idol or something Aye. like that, yeah. Um, they went and had a wild night, and they were in some nightclub that had sharks swimming around the walls. <laughs> um, and his keyboardist threw up in the VIP booth and almost got thrown out by Carly Rae Jepsen's people. <laughs> so there you go. Um, well, lad. World renowned Dent May. Right, absolutely. Absolutely. Bing in Shanghai. Yeah. And that's our first track. <sighs> great. A, a great start. Very summary, as you say. I'm not familiar with that album. It was that, that latter album or his most recent album that um, I kind of got into because you asked me to buy it. So I was like, oh, I may as well listen to it. What am I buying here? Um, which is very good. But I'm going to go back, circle back to that. Absolutely. Before we move on to our next track, or your next track, uh, I'm just going to go and grab... Let's uh, get another drink. Another couple of cans. Absolutely. <laughs> Okay, Craig, so you've just handed me another can here. I have, I have. Um, I'm, I'm going to be completely honest here. This would not have been in my choices. Uh, it's quite colourful. Our options were limited. I don't think this will be terrible. I think this will actually be okay. I don't really, yeah. Okay. Um, I don't really like, well, it's... So the drink basically... Tell us what it is. It's, uh, it's a vodka and cranberry juice. Uh, I think that's called the sea breeze. I could be wrong. Okay, well, so we've got this um, cranberry and vodka mixed drink. Which yeah. is fine. It's still a mixed drink. It's a mixed Might not drink. be a cocktail in a can, but mm. I like the packaging. I'm not really a fan of vodka or cranberry, but we'll go for it. Let's let's yeah. have a little taste and then 
while we're slurping on this, we'll talk about our next track. Let's do it. De- almost like de- it's like a drink that dehydrates. I, I like cranberry and apple juice, or cranberry and raspberry. Yeah, raspberry. But it's very good for your um, your, is it your, your health, tract your something? urinal tract. Anybody with any STIs, STDs, I'm pretty sure this would help you out. Aye. Get that flow going and get, get the flow. nip off. Aye. Stop nipping at your little chap's eye. Absolutely, absolutely. It's not offensive. It doesn't taste right. too strong. It's it's quite light. Over ice, I think it would be quite nice, but if you're going to drink out of a can, why are you going to pour it on the ice? Mm, it's very true. It's very true. That's the whole point. They're portable. You can drink them anywhere. Like, I don't mind it. That's quite nice. It's actually not... It's surprisingly good. Mm. Surprisingly good. Do you know what? I think I'm so used to Marks and Spencer's cans being too much alcohol in it. I know that sounds like a terrible complaint, but... You, this is the summer. I don't want to they get are, absolutely shit-faced. I just want to refresh myself ones. with a little kick. So let's move on to the second track, Craig. Uh, yeah, so the second what track... Second track is, in my mind, one of my favourite songs of all time. And it reminds me of Summer Road Trips. I don't know if it's really a summery song. It's not from a band from a really summery location. They're from Canada. <laughs> so, I mean, they, they get a bit of sun, but they also get a lot of snow. Um, and the song is Fire-Eyed Boy by Broken Social Scene, who are an incredible band, particularly, in my mind, on their third album. Their second album, Everybody Loves. The band where... The early beginnings of the band was actually just Kevin Drew and Brendan Canning um, jamming out together with some four tracks. Um, and they actually initially came out with a kind of post-rock type album, quite right. mainly instrumental and, and quite structured. And then they brought out You Forgotten People and it was still that kind of tightness. And they just decided in this third album to get really, really fucking loose. Mm. It's the loosest any band's kind of sound, but still has a cohesive sound. Yeah. And I would say Fire-Eyed Boy is probably the tightest that band sounds um, on this album. So it's the tightest song on the loosest album. Mm. Um, it does involve like two drummers, three guitarists, and that's the amazing thing about Broken Social Scene is that they're they're more of a collective these days. Yeah. So it's started out as just a two piece, and they've really brought artists that were solo artists and bands in their own right. Mm. They they were there on their own, then they came through Broken Social Scene, and then they broke out to become even bigger artists, like Leslie Feist. Yeah, like Feist is the best example. Probably. She she appears on on most of their albums. She was on their very first album. Mm. Um, but she came out as her own kind of um, star herself yeah. and actually on her main album um, The Reminder it features pretty much every member that was in Broken Social Scene right? on a track somewhere yeah. um, so there can be as few as six members but up to 19 members uh, at any time when Broken Social Scene wow. are playing that's incredible and like I said they started off with just the two of them playing around with kind of four tracks, um, like little kind of cassette recorders, if you don't know what a four track is, um, and some effects pedals. And I just wanted to give you probably the most mind-blowing <laughs> fact that I found while doing some research. The reason that they could afford all this gear is because Brendan Canning had a part to play in the making of the one-hit wonder, Steal My Sunshine. What, that Len By song? Len. By Len. <laughs> really? Yep. So Len are a Canadian band, and he oh, was hanging out with them. Uh, and supposedly he was a part of the band, but he still says, like, I didn't really do much in Len. But he came up, he played the, the song, what was it? I think it was More, More, More. 
Yeah, so that's where the sample comes from. So he played it to the main guy and he was like, fuck it, I'm going to sample that straight away. So he gets credit for bringing that sample to the plate. So he got some royalties money. He's like, yes, going to buy all these things. So he bought four tracks. He bought like different loop pedals and all this sort of stuff. Fucking hell. And they recorded the first um, Broken Social Scene album. Off the the back of Len Steel. So if it wasn't for Len Steel My Sunshine... There could never have been the social, social scene. scene. I love making wild statements like that. That is, uh, yeah. How crazy is that, though? That's, that is a pretty I fucking love mind blowing fact. I'm glad I could give you that mind blowing fact. Aye. So, the reason that I love this track, they were playing at the Indian Summer Festival. Do you ever remember the Indian Summer Festival? Ah, I think it ran yeah. for two years. I don't think it ran for long. I think it ran for two years, and it was in Victoria Park. So they were playing there, and it was an amazing lineup. The headlining on the on that night was Yola Tango, fucking hell, and Anthony and the Johnsons. Fuck, oh god, that was huge. Um, who else were there? My latest novel were playing in oh. a tiny little tent. Aidan Moffat was doing a reading just from a book, reading poetry and stuff like that. Um, CSS. CSS had just got pretty famous but they were still in this tiny little slot so they're in this tent it was rammed Um, but Broken Social Scene were the act that I was there to see we actually bumped into them on outside of the venue and they brought us onto their tour bus and we got to see everybody it was amazing and there must have been about 20 of them on stage well I say 20 the maximum would have been 19 but there was definitely in the teens in the teens and that was one of the last performances they played on that tour and then they, Mm. they they packed up and, and quit music for a while they went on to do their own little solo thing so there was Broken Social Scene Presents and that was a uh, solo album by Kevin Drew and also a solo album by Brendan Canning right and then they came back for Forgiveness Rock and oh yeah and recently this year they released another two. they released two EPs as a solid album aye but I really don't think they ever captured the the raucous magic that is the no, self-titled album I agree I only own two of their albums and I own this one. Yep. And I own I did buy that kind of comeback one, whatever it was called so what was it called again? Uh, the one Forgiveness Rock. Forgiveness the, Rock. Yeah. Which is decent, it's decent, but it's it's not I wouldn't say it was essential to have it. But this track for me is amazing. It's it's got elements of shoegaze, it's got elements of kinda pavement esque kind of guitars. Oh yeah, like kind of angular. A lot of guitars. harmonies. Yeah, yeah, angular. Yep. And yep. if you can catch a live performance of it. Check out the performance on, I think it's on Letterman. Mm. They've got two drummers and one of the drummers literally jumps off the stage and plays another instrument for the chorus and then goes back on at the drums. It's the most fast-paced performance I've ever seen and it's it just epitomises the album itself. Um, so yeah, we're drinking our Smirnoff and Cranberry. We are. We're going to listen to Get it Fire on. Eyed I Boy. I can't wait to hear again. Um, and yeah, let's, let's, let's listen to it. So that was a fire-eyed boy by Broken Social Scene, and it's great to hear that again. Actually, um, I've not heard it in a long time, 
And it reminds me, I need to listen to that album more, basically. We were chatting there during the uh, during the interlude as Craig just deposits his uh, crushed can of uh, cranberry and vodka. Um, it, it is probably our best album and, and tracks like uh, Shoreline. Is it Shoreline 7 4 or something yeah. like that? It's called, actually. Um, and then you were talking about the last track on the album it's as well. It's all going to break. Yeah, I, I can't think of what it is at the top of my head. I'm, the minute I hear it, I'm like, oh, God, it's yeah. a, it, it's, it's Springsteen-esque. It's like a massive rock epic. It's an epic. It's a bit like... like I think a, it's a bit... It's like a Bonty run, almost. Kind of. But, um, I mean, it, it has some questionable lyrics about, like, getting fucked in the ass and stuff like that. Oh. But um, it's amazing. I, I, I love that album. It brings in different elements from different um, artists. They mm. introduced three new artists to the collective there. You should listen to it. If you've never listened to Broken Social Scene and you're thinking, where should I start? Maybe you do want to listen to their second album. I generally say second albums are better, but this is like raw indie rock with more of a rock and roll uh, mentality to it. Quite like that. So another great choice, Craig. Um, genuinely been really, really enjoying your your, your musical selections uh, well, this evening. Let's not stop there. Um, I, I'm thinking of going for an older track now. Um, yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna change. Sort we're gonna of, uh, change gears. Change we're gonna gear go um, to more jazz. Well, he's a legendary jazz musician that moved into electronics. Yeah, and this this album um, was this kind of the crossover album. This then? was the beginning. It's not the it's not the peak crossover, but it definitely showed signs that this mm, is where he's moving where towards. Going. And this is Herbie Hancock, mm. which a lovely alliterated name there, Herbie Hancock, <laughs> and. Mainly um, known as a jazz pianist, he started moving into more of the electronics and being a synth god. I think on this album, actually, is it this album when you open up the sleeve, it shows a picture of him, and then on the other side of the gatefold, it's the exact same picture, but the instruments are numbered, and you can actually see which synthesizers he's using. Oh, on which tracks? Yeah. Well, not even on the tracks, just like just what's, in his, what's in his setup. What's in his ensemble of synthesizers? Yeah, so basically it's like one, it's like Korg, blah, 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 two, Moog, blah, blah, blah. Um, it's amazing. Nice. So the album is called Sunlight. Sunlight. Which is an incredible title for such a summery vibe. Mm-hmm. It only actually has... Um, Eight tracks or something? No, 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 no. no. Five tracks. Five? It's only got five tracks. Fuck's sake. I Thought It Was You was the first track on the album. And this is actually the seven-inch version. So the original is about nine minutes long, so it's far too long to fit on a seven-inch. So there is a seven-inch version, and that's the one we're going to listen to tonight. Do you know? Do you know where we first? Well, I don't know if it's where we first heard this, but do you remember this? Please tell me, because it may be the same. Yeah, it is. So, what's that place down off Byers Road? That's exactly it. That's where I was on talking about. kind of like Ruthven Lane. Yeah, Ruthven News. Yeah, you got that wee shop that does like hmm, antiques and vertical is not really relics. Relics. It's called. Yes, but there's a, is there a record shop in that, or is it a separate thing? It's a separate thing. That was during an amazing week off we had in the summer in Glasgow before I moved away. Yeah. And it was like the weather, like the whole week was like incredible. We kind of hung out. We went to like secondhand record stores. We went to Kelvin Grove Park with like cans of recordling and and went to, what was that other place called? The Hillhead Book Club and drinking strawberry... Strawberry drinks, oh, strawberry remember. daiquiris. I think uh, they were. 
And also the Hanoi Bike Shop, that's down there. Aye. Which is an amazing and we, restaurant. And we went there that week as well. So this is actually what I was... The reason I picked this track. This is amazing. I totally forgot you were there. I was there. <laughs> you like, I thought it was you. I no, thought it was I you. It was, I thought it wasn't you. <laughs> I thought it was Bizzle. <laughs> so there's this amazing record shop down there, and the guy... I like him. He's a bit of a snob, but he'll, he'll look down your nose when you ask what something you is. Ask what that is. He's like, oh, it's Herbie Hancock. Well, Hancock, of course. You don't know um, that. You fucking and this idiot. is the track that was playing. It and was. It, it's so good. It's got it's got a vocoder in there. Oh. It's got some pumping bass, actually supplied by Jaco Pistorius, who's like a, a world-renowned bassist. Yeah, this this track kind of signaled the beginning of his electro era mm. in the eighties. So there are other albums out there like Future Shock and Sound System that that show off in a higher detail to a higher yeah. degree. But this was the beginning of it. Sunlight was the beginning of the um, the crossover, like you said, yep. to electronic music. There's not really a lot that I want to say about this song. I just love it. It's, yeah. it's such a summery vibe. It's got such a good bouncing bass, like I oh. said, that keeps you going. The vocoder, which I think in the 7-inch starts off the actual track. The bum 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 bueno, the yeah. bum bum bum. As you say on, on, on the kind of vocals That sort of um, Distortion It's it's just subtle Because you, you hear it now And it's very much Overused isn't it Yeah but it was Brand new back then That was only him And like Kraftwerk and Folk must have been like What the oh. hell um, So Tell you what Let's Let's um, play it. Let's well, let's have a drink first. Oh yeah, we need to course. talk about what we're going, and it feels like you've you've went suitably retro with this next Aye, cocktail. Yes, so this is these are actually my favourite. I can't believe I have a favourite, but I do have a favourite. Favourite uh, pre-mixed drinks producers of the moment. It's a brand called All Shook Up. They do this kind of retro brand. They've got good graphics on there. They do the the. The, the passion, passion fruit, fruit martini. Yeah. The porn star, basically, which they, we didn't have any tonight, so I was a bit gutted about that. But this is a second, that's a good second prize. It's called a flamingo colada, and it's got, it's like in a nice pink can with little pink flamingos on the front. So very, very... Uh, I like the dots and stripes that they've got in between yeah. it. It looks like the titles to um, Saved by the Bell. Aye, do you mind that? There's an awesome, really dodgy things about those actors now and stuff. Uh, only Dustin Diamond. He was Screech, was he? He was Screech. He's into um, what's known as Dirty Sanchez. Do you know what Dirty Sanchez is? I think so, but I don't know if I want to talk about it. <laughs> we'll probably bleep this out, but it's when you um, shove your finger in some <laughs> and then draw a moustache of <laughs> over them. Why would you do that? Um, so anyway, <laughs> this is a... This is basically... This is definitely a cocktail. Grenadine and lime shaken with fruit uh, alcohol, which is white rum, and some sugar syrup. No, fruit alcohol, white rum, and sugar. So there's two different alcohols in here. So there's, there's. I'm all about this. I can't wait because I've got one of these in my fridge and I've still never opened it. So this, so you don't, you don't I taste may that. go home and drink it tonight. You should. You fucking should. Right, let's get in now. That was almost synchronized opening. Oh, it smells good. It's nice, isn't it? It's very nice. No, I mean it does have coconut in there and it kind of mellows it out and it gives it that rounded kind of. Coconut but it's taste. definitely not just like a pina colada. It's not just like no, and it's not and just like um, suntan lotion. Mm. Yeah, I think I think we're on a good roll here, both with the music and with the premixed cocktails. Well, you mentioned the music. Let's get that playing and let's get it on. Tan these cans. Get it on. <laughs> Yeah. 
Um, so there you go, a classic memory from a summer in Glasgow that may or may not have involved Craig Smith, although <laughs> I, he does remember every single detail about it, so yeah, maybe he was there. I was definitely there. Maybe I had too many um, mojitos or whatever. It was, I was mojitos, was it strawberry mojitos? Or strawberry mojitos, yeah. Or they raspberry were doing mojitos, like raspberry mojitos. Two quid or something. Aye, something ridiculous. Those were the days. Talking during the track there, um, as we were sort of beginning down to that, I was asking you, do you have this? Did you did you buy it? Because I thought you bought it at the time, but you didn't, obviously. No, the guy was too um, elitist. Too, he was too elitist. And I didn't want it. He, like, he was that sort of guy that, what is this? Oh, it's um, Herbie Hancock. Cool, I'll buy it. Take it off the record player. No. I'm going to do that, am I? No. That's true. But interestingly, I, I do have this album, and I bought it shortly after I moved down. Yeah. And there used to be a wee tiny record store with a wee cafe in it in Altrincham where I was living at the time. I can't remember what it was called now. It didn't it didn't last very long, sadly. I went in one day, I was determined to buy something. You know, that way I was like, mm. I'm buying a fucking record you have today. To, you have to treat yourself sometimes. Uh, and I bought two records, two second-hand records. It was mostly second-hand stuff they did. Uh, I bought Marvin Gaye's Let's Get It On. Mm. And I bought this, this Herbie Hancock album. Uh, I think I think it was about six quid, five six quid. It was a decent price. It's all right. Pretty good copy. Don't know if it was like an original press or whatever, but and I was kind of new to discogs, right? And I didn't quite get it. And I was on and I was searching for stuff, and I found something, and I was like, oh, that looks that looks good. Like now you can add stuff to cart, and I think they have to confirm it and all this. Well, yeah. you know, you've been selling stuff. But anyway, it turned out the seller was the guy that owned this record shop. Shut up. Which is like the coincidence and he's like oh you're like literally down the road he's like if you want just come down and pick it up and then you have to do posters and packaging right. and all that I was like oh cool and I completely forgot all about it <laughs> and he left me like fucking really negative feedback oh the poor bastard um, and it, so much so because I don't buy tons of stuff on Discogs it actually like prevented me from buying records because there's certain sellers that won't sell you stuff if you've got less of a certain yeah, rate. yeah definitely It'll just automatically knock them back. Yeah, because I tried to buy it. Oh, sorry, your, your rating's not high enough. I'm slowly building it back up. But because of one bad review, literally fucking five years ago. Well, Craig, you can buy something off of me and I'll give you 100%. 100% discount? <laughs> that <laughs> and a positive review. <laughs> cool. Well, I'm finished that drink and... You finished that one? I need more. I was... I, I need more! I was ahead of you. No, you fucking ahead of me. That's what happened. Too busy sometimes. talking. Right. So what you got for us next? So we're going to revisit... The original classic, but uh, a twist on a classic. So we're going back to Pims. We're going back to Pims. However, I'm not just going to give you another fucking Pims. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> That's not something you it playing like the same Dent May track again. Like, And for my fourth selection, it's Dent May. I like this track so much, I'm going to play it for you again. Shit, mate. How did you know I was going to do that? <laughs> but I suppose you can maybe play a remix of it, because it's kind of what I'm doing. <laughs> There's going to be a remix of Pims, and this one is blackcurrant and elderflower flavoured. So oh, even more English. Elderflower. Even more English. So I'm going to just nip to the fridge. and Please and do. Grab I'm excited. Okay, so we've got this wonderfully delightful silver can. I actually mm. like the can here. Yep. Um, and it's Pim's special edition, special edition. Blackberry and Elderflower. It's a bit like a kind of limited edition coloured... I'm a, I'm a huge vinyl. fan of Elderflower. Pretty excited about this. I think we should just spark it open because I can tell you... Um, my finger's been waiting here. My finger's been on the trigger. He's dining it's it while He's champing at the bit. This is my dinner. Mm. It's literally like Vimto. 
Uh, it is actually. Is Vimto not from Manchester? Vimto is from Manchester. I think it's pretty old. Um, and you know, I'm pretty certain you'll know this. Like the name comes from like it was a, it was like medicinal. Mm. It gives you vim, and it, it was to like kind of vim. reinvigorate you. Vim tonic was it? I think it was actually. Uh, do you remember uh, Purple Ronnie? Purple Ronnie, aye. Purple Ronnie was like their little kind of the little kind cartoon of character. Guy. Um, and back in the day when I was growing up, Purple Ronnie was kind of. At its peak when I was about 14. Right. And they would put Purple Ronnie in all these different comedy gifts at Christmas. <laughs> and someone got me um, willy soap. Willy which was soap. like soap on a rope, but as a circle, so you could put your cock through it. <laughs> when you I were was 14. 14. 14. When I think about this now, I mean, me buying something for a 14 year old, it would not be willy soap. <laughs> but I remember actually my dad laughing at it. He was like, Watch where you put that, mate. Go down your. Uh, in your pee hole <laughs> but aye there you go I never used it I was affronted yeah right and also the hole was too wee <laughs> <laughs> anyways we should be talking about this drink I can't really taste the elderflower but I can definitely taste no, the really. blackberry no it's, it's, it's very much overpowered by the blackberry bit disappointed with that uh, I'm disappointed the elderflower is not coming through I'm not disappointed in the drink I could drink that all night I could but I taste no pims I like that I like it so much that I totally forgot that I was supposed to talk about the next song. God, that is high praise indeed. That is high praise indeed. So this track actually is a late addition to this podcast. Oof. And it actually comes from this summer. But when I say this summer, I don't mean this summer in this hemisphere. I mean this summer as in the southern hemisphere. So that was in the winter then for us. So it was the winter and it was actually late summer. I was down there in April. So it was the it was kind of like their August. Right. Uh, I was in New Zealand and they have the most amazing independent college radio station. I don't think they've ever really used Shazam as much as when I was in New Zealand. Because what the fuck Constantly. Is every fuck single is? song. What I was like, what is this song? What is this song? What is this song? And one of these tracks... Um, Although there are huge um, flag bearers for New Zealand talent, this one is actually a couple of Dutch boys. You had a Dutch band in fucking New Zealand? I did, and I actually bought their records. That's cool. While I was in New Zealand, from them in the Netherlands, and it was waiting for me when I arrived home. We don't have any listeners in the Netherlands. Well, we should, and we will soon. So this band is called Yin Yin. Yin Yin's like a good Scottish word. It is, like one. one one. So in the summer of 2017, Keys Berkers, which is one of the um, band members, and Eves Lennertz uh-huh. started writing and recording songs in a ballet school in a remote village at the foot of the plateau of Donrad near Alpaca Mountain. So if some, if that doesn't sound like the most... What? <laughs> out there setting... What? So yeah, they, they started recording in an old ballet school in a remote village at the foot of a... Famous mountain. Um, being avid record collectors, like yourself and I, yes. um, with both members having a collection spanning almost every musical era and genre, details from many different genres seep into their music. Mm. Using Southeast Asian music from the 60s and 70s as a main inspiration, whilst also bringing their individual musical backgrounds and interests to the table, the recording spree resulted in a remarkable set of songs Mixing world music, disco, funk, and electronic music. 
And that that's probably the best. I can't say any more yeah. about this band like, than the actual bio. It's one of the best bios I've ever read because it explains everything that's going on here. So why would you try and like reword exactly. that? So it's two Dutch boys. The track is an absolute banger. It's got a nice kind of bass that drives like doom 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 doom. So it's, a, it's more like a kind of slacker bass that keeps you going, right. and then it comes in this like really wet reverbed guitar slapping back. Like do down, do down, 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 and it's very Thai funk, very similar to Krangbin, to be honest. Just, well, when you were describing it, I was just thinking Krangbin, Krangbin. It, it really is. It's it's like Krangbin before they got funkier, mm. um, and it involves an instrument that harks back to my childhood, which is the jaw harp or the, or the what? The jaw harp, or or some people call it the jaw harp. Oh no, I know you know. No, I don't. I still don't know what you mean. Do you not? I don't think I do. <laughs> So describe. So it's um, how do I describe this? Imagine a horseshoe type of kind of bit of metal that does the whole horseshoe shape, but then goes down into two parallel bars that are just about the same width as your lip. And then in between there, there's a tightly taut kind of spring. Is this what? And you bow, 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 A, B, C, D, E, F, G. This features kind of prevalently, and it reminds me of being at primary school. Some guy turned up. And did a school assembly with us and must have brought about 50 of these instruments and sat the classes down and tried to teach every pupil how to play this. Do you put it in your mouth? You rest it on your lips and it, you don't want it to rattle off your teeth. Quite so. And it must have, now you think about it, it must have been a sales ploy. The guy must have been like, right, teach these kids how to play it, they'll buy a ton of them. And it probably costs about 50p to make one. Yeah, and you sell them for like 20 quid. So, anyways, keep an eye out for the, the jaw harp on this track. I hope you enjoy it. We're going to finish off this special edition Pimps mm-hmm. and we'll have a little... Um, and listen to this special track. A little review from Craig Smith once we're done. There we go. So a track that I don't think you've ever really no, listened to. I haven't at all. Never heard of the band. Never heard the track. Absolutely loved it. Blew me away actually. Um, very Krangbin-esque as yes, we were yes. talking about. But different as well. It's a little bit heavier certainly. It's got a dance, a, a total Euro dance sensibility. Yeah. Like I was looking at where these guys are playing. It's all just dance festivals. Right. They've only released two seven inches. One of the seven inches only came out like a week or so ago. Oh, really? Um, you can get it on limited edition red vinyl. If you're into that sort of If you're of into thing. that. I think it's 10 euros for the 7 inch and then 7 euros for the postage, which, I mean, you can buy an album for that. No, you could. But I would definitely recommend their first single. This is the A side, but actually the B side has got more plays on... On Spotify? On Spotify, yeah. Um, but I, f- I still think this is the better track. No, I really like it. It's um, a bit more murky than Krangbin. Yeah. Uh, it, and did you did you notice the the jaw harp? I did. And it, 
It definitely adds to it. It it's does. Not, it's not just there for the sake of it. It definitely adds to it. I like instruments like that because they've got a human element to it and you know that someone's there. Mm. I know with guitar, somebody's playing a guitar. And like, But those things can be sampled. The whole jaw harp, like it definitely has somebody right at a microphone going... Wah, 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 wah. Mm. I like that. No, I do. It's good. It's good. Stoter of a seven inch. Absolute banger. It is a banger. A it really is. Banger. It really, really is a banger. Um... Once again, you're bringing the absolute fire to the table. And you are bringing the, the absolute <laughs> nectar to my throat. Um, Pim Special Edition, I will buy that again. I will Aye. definitely buy that again. That's nice. We are fast approaching our end. We've got three more tracks to go and three more cocktails to, three go. More to go. What? Have we got three to go? Three more to go. Um... <laughs> Am I losing count here? Why? How many drinks have we've, you got? I thought we had four. We've had four. We're doing seven. Oh shit! You were doing seven. I'm thinking six again. I got six stuck in my mind. So we're gonna try. We're gonna talk about our fifth track. And when I say talk about, we're not gonna touch it at all because this actually goes back to another previous episode. This is the original Templeton's travels. Templeton's travels. Hyderabad. Um, where I talk about what it was like to visit a very, very hot, dusty city in India and also work on the night shift. Here you! Oh! I'm on the night shift! <laughs> um, and one of the albums that got me through was Gold Panda and their, uh, their debut album, Lucky Shiner. And this track actually comes off of that. The track is You. If you want to know any more about Gold Panda, then go and listen to that podcast because that's all I'm going to say. It's an absolute banger of a track. I'd rather talk about the cocktail that's in front of me. Yes. And uh, it, it's, I'm actually excited about this one. I'm pretty excited about this one. I don't think we... I don't think I've had this one before. I mean, I've had one of these before, but not in pre-mixed form. So this is uh, a sour, and it's... It's a disarano sour, but really it's an amaretto sour. So the, the liqueur amaretto, and this is obviously the brand disarono. Disarono. So disarono. The best, uh, the yeah. best one out there. Yeah, I would it's, say. it's very much the crystal of the uh, the amaretto world, and this is a premix version. It's pretty strong, actually. One of the stronger ones we've had this evening, six percent. But anyway, I'm well, not. I'm not going to harp on about it too much. I'm pretty sure you can work out what it is. Let's spark it open. Take a wee sip. Let's see what we think. Oh, that was like an advert. Just burst oil. Oh, that smell! That instant. I think that's quite pleasant. I'm enjoying that. It's all right. I mean, the Di Sarono makes it, and I'm glad that it's actual Di Sarono. I mean, it, it, it's sour. Uh, it's it's tart as you'd expect. I'm, I think that is actually very decent. Anyways, this is very very tasty. I did promise you that we're going to play another track. Like I said, it's Gold Panda. This is the the first track on the album called You. There is also another track that finishes the album called You, but this is the first track. You and you can buy it on seven inch. It is an absolute banger, and we're going to listen Get to it. Get on now. There we go. 
Like I said, praised Gold Panda enough in another yeah. episode. Craig, you've obviously you're a fan of Gold Panda. You've I heard am this indeed. before. I am indeed. Uh, brings back memories of seeing him supporting Bonobo at the Ali Pali. Oh, that great summertime event in November. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is a banging tune and it has got those summery vibes maybe it's just the the instruments that he uses and from those exotic locations mm. that makes you feel like oh this is a summer jam really good artist probably underappreciated as well definitely um, go go check it out for sure and how you been enjoying your Disserano? it's good it's a nice little break I feel like um, the All Shoe Cup was quite mellow and maybe mar- it was missing a bit of a fruity spark that mm. probably was because we had two extremely fruity cocktails mm, after mm, that mm. but this here has got that sour note I'm liking it I do like it sometimes you need that tartness to get through the summer yeah we've got a couple of tracks still to go uh, <laughs> sadly, I think it's time that you should admit a, a mistake to, on I'm, your part I'm going to have to fess up here <laughs> So the idea was there'd be seven premix cocktails with seven seven inches of summer. Uh, now it appears that Craig can't count to seven because I've only bought six premix cocktails. So I've completely fucked this up. It's been a balls up, mate. I honestly, it's forgiven. I forgive you. I've drunk enough premix cocktails. I've I've let you down. Um, so what? We only have one left. Only one left. So well, let's not do that one just yet. Since I've got two tracks, let's talk about. I didn't really talk about Gold Panda. Let's talk about Neil Young, who we've never talked about in this Crazy podcast. Crazy Horse. Neil Young and Crazy Horse. Although I don't think Crazy Horse is on this album. No, they're not on this album. But Neil Young released on the beach, and actually the the artwork shows him staring into the sea, and it, it definitely has a summer vibe when you mm. look at it. But the album itself really um, came as a shock to fans and critics as um, it was a long-awaited studio follow-up to the commercially and critically successful Harvest, but it also included hints pointing towards a more subtle outlook, particularly on the track that we're going to talk about, which is Walk On. Mm. I do like it as an album. It's definitely an album of side A and side B. The band that were playing behind him were just actually a lot of session musicians that right. he was bringing in from time to time. He would only give them a loose basis of what the song sounded like and then expected them to play. So this is where the kind of sound comes along. Mm. He also opted for first takes. So they had a really well-known producer there who wasn't really getting used or utilised because Neil Young was like, yeah, it's in the can, that's it, done. And it was oh. just like the first take. And this was um, this was exacerbated by the fact that they were taking this thing that they called honey slides. So honey slides were this homemade concoction, a kind of goop of sautéed marijuana and honey oh, fuck. that he, he described as feeling like heroin. Jesus. Um, and actually, a band that we talked about before, or, or two bands, Adam Gennady and... Youth Movie Soundtrack Strategies released an album called Honey Slides and I didn't realise that That's it was probably it was reference in to. reference to this. So, yeah, Walk On itself, I love as a track. It's 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 breezy, I would say. It's, it's yeah. pretty breezy. I think the whole idea of the track is, yeah, I'm getting all this abuse, I'm getting all this criticism. Like, I'm not going to rise to it, I'm just going to walk on. Just going to like wash over me. Bucky. Yeah, and it's it's got such a good vibe. It's got this like kind of laid back, southern kind of guitar solo, of mm. a, a loose guitar chord structure, and um, 
Yeah, it's not as heavily produced as a lot of things. It's actually quite... I don't want to say post-punk, but it's it's very um, minimal in its recording. It's mm. not very layered. Mm-hmm. And I love it as a track. I don't know, have you really listened to I've this not, album? I've not at all. And I was, I was pretty pleased to see that you'd picked a track from this album because it's not an album I've explored. I mean, I do have Neil Young albums, but, and I've read about this album and... It's lukewarm reception by critics and fans alike. Uh, I mean, not quite as bad as some of his later albums that when he was like roped into doing like deals for five albums and he was just releasing absolute nonsense. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was pretty intrigued by it. Never enough to, I don't know why, I seek it out. But uh, but perhaps after this, I, w- I will actually go on and certainly have a listen to some of the tracks on there. But no, let's get. I, th- I think let's get it cracking. Let's get it on. And then we're gonna drink our sixth and final Greenwich can. I really enjoyed that, and I've not—I'd never heard that before tonight. So thanks very much for—I don't know—introducing me to a different side of Neil Young. It's, it's very recognisably still Neil Young, of course, uh, as you say that kind of southern guitar, and it's very upbeat. I definitely get your his kind of middle finger up to not giving a fuck about critics what you say about me. I think a lot Just of it. Um, a lot of it, from what I can read, and it's not explicitly said, but. He still was suffering that um, backlash from the whole Leonard Skinner. Um, oh, the whole Southern Man and Southern Man and um, Alabama, Alabama, which he had on yeah, yeah. Harvest. So he was still suffering a lot of kind of critics from that. Yeah. But this is the the absolute thing that I love about Neil Young, is that he does just give the middle finger. He doesn't give a fuck about anything. Okay, Craig, give us your sixth cocktail, which I think I picked. Oh, you did, and I'm kind of regretting not. Picking something in a previous uh, convenience store. Uh, we did see a uh, espresso martini. I, was, I fucking really like espresso martinis. You're not a huge coffee fan, so maybe not so much yourself. I like coffee cake. <laughs> I don't drink coffee. <laughs> I don't mind coffee I cake. That. I love that. You're like, I don't like carrots, but I like carrot cake. <laughs> I don't like coffee, but I like coffee cake. So anyway, um, this is the smallest and the... I think they're probably the lowest in alcohol content. Not gonna lie, it looks like a good size when it's in your hand. Like we chode. <laughs> a little chode if I can. So, the band, please. The band are called Jet Plane Landing. Jet Plane Landing. Uh, I feel like I've heard that name. So, Jet Plane Landing are an interesting band. Two of the members, the two founding members, were actually in a band called Cuckoo who were signed by Geffen Records. So these boys from Derry are signed uh, to Geffen and they got dropped and they thought, fuck it, we're moving to London, we're going to start another band. So they moved to London and, and, and met the bass player and they started writing this new music, more in the vein of Pavement and all these kind of more angular indie rock bands. They released an amazing debut called Zero for Conduct, which this single comes from, and then began to move more in the direction of post-hardcore, more overly produced heavy music. So I think their intention was to go more like kind of at the driving and keep that angular spikiness. Yeah. But it didn't work. Didn't really work. So I'm not a fan of anything after this album. 
But this first album is phenomenal. Like I say, it's called Zero for Conduct. They released it on their own record label called Small Town America. And you can only get it on vinyl um, from Japan. So the CD version is orange, but the actual vinyl version is blue, and you can only buy it from Japan. A lot of the rest of the album does go more of a pace of American college rock like pavement. But the single that I want to talk about is called Summer Ends. And it's I think it's got more of an Ash vibe. Like oh. power pop. Again, another Irish Another Northern Irish band. Irish band yeah. Um it's it's definitely more power pop. It's got that driving rhythm. It's got more of a distorted vibe to it. Mm-hmm. I would implore anybody to listen to this first album. If you do dare venture to listen to any of their albums I told you so. Um, but no, this first album's phenomenal. Um, we'll give it a listen. Sounds great. Um, but before we do that, we should probably give you an idea of what this iced coffee latte tastes like. I'm least looking forward to this one, but it may, it may surprise us. Smells good. S- smells, smells like a dessert. It's like ice cream on a hot day. Ice cream on a hot day. That's all right. I'm glad it's only 200 mils, I'll be honest. Oh, I couldn't drink a whole 250 mils. Well, you think you have a Bailey's, right? You have a double Bailey. You have a, usually have a double-double. Usually have 80 or 100 mils, depending on where you are. 200 mils. This is only 0.8 units compared to the 1.6 or the 1.5 of the diesel ah. So it is more like a dessert. Yeah. It's like a wee ice cream on a hot day. I'm glad we got this. I think this is a good way of finishing this podcast. Absolutely. So I love the fact that this song is also called Summer Ends, to end. I did, I did do that on, on purpose. But it also is a very summery song, I think. And it sings about all the different situations that you have in summer, about meeting a girl, summer romance, that sort of thing. Excellent. Well, so, let's um, get it on. Yeah. Well, this is the end of the podcast. Well, I think it's been really interesting. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I'm really, uh, I'm thankful for you contributing as much as you did. It may only have been six cans, <laughs> but... Um, Do you know what? That, that is six me- of the best. Listen. I'd rather have six... Good ones than seven mediocre ones. That's what I try and tell folk when I'm like when I overpromise and underdeliver. <laughs> overpromise and underdeliver. <laughs> I, I just had to stop there because the seventh one there was nothing good, so I didn't want it to be shit and ruin it. That's it. I was in this shop with Craig, and Craig was like, "You know what? Nothing's gonna compare to the, these other six. Exactly. So we're going for six. Quite a way ahead. Perfect. Um, so yeah, this is Jet Plane Landing. Summer ends. Thank you for listening. We will. Um, you're in for a treat with our next episodes, and uh, we'll see you then. See you then. This is the way I think the summer should end. This is the way for the kick in the chest. Pouring over the pages of that boring book. You left by my window, so I took a look. You told you that I'm so confused. And oh my God, that's not good news. This season's girl with the dirty nails has passed the test. So that brings the curtain down on episode 7, 7 Inches of Summer. I hope that wherever you're listening in the world, it's a nice sunny day. But if not, hopefully our selections of songs and drinks has brought some sunshine into your day. Thanks so much again for listening. And until next time, take care and goodbye. Bye. 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 See you later.